listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this is a special Thursday episode for May the 18th. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight, and uh, for the remaining part of Star Wars Month, for the month of May, we have this episode, uh, mainly focusing on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but we're also going to be doing some Star Wars talk and some sports talk as well. Uh, and then also to fill you out for the rest of the schedule, May the 25th, next Thursday, will be a special 40th anniversary episode for Return of the Jedi. Uh, guests to, to, to TBD for that one. And then the week after that, back on its regular release schedule of Tuesday, I believe uh, Tuesday, May 30th, another Star Wars conversation, just because, to finish out the month for Star Wars Month. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, frequent collaborators, good show, good friends of the show, uh, Eddie Ramirez and Sean Lovano both return. So we talk extensively about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We all absolutely love the movie. It was fantastic and great. We also talk Star Wars. Uh, Sean gets to share his experience going to the special Star Wars event at Disneyland. And we also give our take and thoughts about Mandalorian Season 3, other things Star Wars related. And we close it out with some sports talk. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a Los Angeles Lakers fan. The, the team's playing great. Despite uh, the Game 1 loss to the Denver Nuggets, the, the Lakers are still in good shape to continue on being competitive in the playoffs which has been really fun to watch. And then, of course, we talk about the recent commitment of uh, uh, U.S. international Florian uh, Balogun uh, officially committing to play for the United States rather than for England or for Nigeria, which is really, really excited for the men's uh, United States men's national soccer team. Uh, so, yeah, we talk about that. We talk about so many great things. It's always great to catch up with Eddie and Sean. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the intro song. And I, I sincerely hope I don't get in trouble for using uh, Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Uh, but again, the podcast flies under the radar. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for all the listeners, but I do understand that I'm only averaging around 40 to 45 streams per episode. And of course, as I mentioned before, I'm not monetizing this thing. So yeah, I do kind of fly under the radar. So hopefully I don't get in trouble for using it. <laughs> so here we go. This is my conversation with Sean and Eddie in regards to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and other their great talking points in it. Returning to the Casting for Fun podcast are two of my most frequent collaborators. Always a pleasure to have them both on the show at the same time. It's uh, Sean Lovano and Eddie Ramirez. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Hey, we're doing good. How's it going? Very good. Enjoying the heat. We're finally starting to warm up here in SoCal. No more dreary rain and more Cali sunshine. Oh yeah, but uh, but no, knowing us as uh, Southern Californians, we'll still find a way to complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So a ton to go over tonight. I'm actually really excited. I got had that wolf on, so we can talk about so many great things. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, I I kind of declared the m- whole month of May Star Wars month on the podcast. So just talking about everything Star Wars and. Uh, Sean, I specifically want to hear about your experience going to the uh, the Star Wars Day celebration or the Star Wars uh, celebration thing they did at Disneyland. And then, of course, in the world of sports, there's been lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, the Lakers are doing well in the playoffs. I mean, had a heartbreaking defeat last night, but for yes. the most part, have been doing fantastic. And then, of course, I want to dis- discuss the recent, uh, I guess, how, did, how would we say, like acquisition or I guess when, when a player commits to playing for a specific country for uh, Valerian uh, Balagon. So I'm, I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation okay. about him. Well, Wait, is that, the, is, is that the French dude? Uh, English, English guy who committed to play for the United States. Yeah. Oh, a, oh, sorry. That's right. I'll, I'm well, he plays for a French club. Yeah, he plays for a first yeah. division French club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Very cool. So let, let's jump into Guardians. Uh, you know what? It's kind of unusual that. We, we finally got to see the movie that, I mean, if, if COVID didn't happen, if James Gunn wasn't fired, we would have saw this movie like three years ago, yes. which is kind of crazy to think that. <laughs> long overdue so, movie, actually. Long overdue, yeah. But I think we finally got it, and I absolutely feel my opinion that James Gunn delivered. The, the movie was fantastic. I thought the action was great. The comedy was great, just as it was for the other two. But yes. uh, so I do want to go into specific plot points, but for Eddie and for Sean, uh, general impressions. What did you think of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? And again, spoil massive spoilers for this movie. 
Massive sweat. Um, so I'll jump on this one first. Yeah, um, for me was the the word I describe it as relief. <laughs> Thank goodness, finally, a Marvel movie where I walked out not feeling disappointed, feeling like questions were answered, feeling like I was back in the universe again. Like, okay, this is the good feel of Marvel. Like, this is what I I remember. It's post Endgame. It, it started to feel like, is this Endgame for Marvel to us? Because like, where are we? Like, where do we have to watch random content just to keep up with everything? Like, what about the casual viewer? Do we do they have to see all that? Can they just watch the movie? So it was really nice to finally like go into this movie, just be back in that world with the Guardians. It felt like its own thing. Yeah, it had some connections maybe to the the wider uh, Marvel universe, but really at its core, it was just a story, a personal story. Uh, you know, about the characters and where they developed from movie one, two, and now number three. And honestly, I just to just end it on a quick summary, like, I'm just so happy that for this cast, they all had their, their, their moment to finally maybe possibly wave goodbye or see you until next time. So I am really happy where they left off with these characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I did not expect the roller coaster of emotions. Like twenty minutes into this movie, I was like, "Bruh, I wasn't here for <laughs> like I, I don't want to hear the sad story about a raccoon." You know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see any trailers. I did not expect for this to be like a rocket uh, origin story, but I just think it just, but the movie as a whole, it just reminded me how well how great Guardians of the Galaxy is. Um, the comedy is on point. The uh, I love how every character was able to develop and get their point of view on a few, you know, um, you get their own point of view or their own little story in. Um, but Star-Lord, I just, um, I, I'm kind of bummed that he left. But I mean, if you stay for the the end trailers, you know he's gonna be back most likely in an Avenger movie, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what, Sean? Uh, now that you mentioned about like avoiding the trailers and kind of maybe avoiding some of the stuff online, I think next time I might play it the same way you did because I think I was like investing too much time into what could potentially happen or like just because I was so psyched and amped for this movie. So much so to the point because so many people were predicting, okay, so and so is gonna die, so and so is gonna die. And then there's various times that you there's a part where you think Drax is gonna die because they Dude. when they go to that mission and that uh like yes. that alien uh cell thing. And then of course at the kind of towards the end of the climax, you think that Rocket's gonna die. Uh and then of course at the very end, you think that Star Lord's gonna die when he's uh stuck in space. So yeah. this whole time I was, I mean, I was thinking, oh, I, I, it's kind of like maybe hinders experience a little bit, and it's my own fault for just going into the movie expecting somebody to die, and then nobody does. Which yeah, is maybe I a mean, good thing. So <laughs> I, I want to jump on that quick bit. Yeah. Like what I used to be like, like I'm still very obviously very invested. I'm a movie go where I, I pay like attention to like everything if possible. But I, I started setting a, a personal rule like about like five years ago that after the initial teaser of a movie that I'm interested in and the first full trailer, um I'm on a content block from then on. Mm-hmm. Like I got the teaser. Okay, am I interested? The first trailer, okay, I got some story. Mm, like this looks good. I think I'm gonna be good now. But you know how they always release like a second big trailer to expand on the, the story, and then that final trailer, like a month before. I found like I think since um Superman versus Batman, Batman versus Superman, when they spoiled pretty much the ending when they mm-hmm. showed Doomsday in that and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get to see it. And I was like, oh, it, it took out the the ooh and the ah moment of mm-hmm. Wonder Woman appearing and Doomsday appearing that from then on, I was like, you know what? I'm not the real back on it a little. And honestly, the seeing movies, even that I'm not having any expectations for, because I may think maybe I'm not like it, it's helped so much to actually just appreciate it with that first impression a little more. So <laughs> I definitely try to give it a shot, maybe on another uh, big, like maybe uh, into the Spider-Verse. Uh, oh if yeah! You if, you've been, if you've been avoiding it, try not to watch anything going into it, and maybe you'll get like a bigger kick out of it or something. 
Yeah, I'll definitely do that. In fact, actually, with the next Marvel project coming up, the Secret Invasion, I don't really know a whole lot. I know the the comic book storyline, but from what I can gather, the show is going to follow very little to the comic book storyline because this yeah. comic book storyline follows like the entire Marvel universe, whereas this yeah. one seems it's more focused on uh, Nick Fury and his relationship with the Scrolls that right. that he knows. So. Uh, right. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Eddie. I think I'm going to try and do that for the next upcoming releases. Uh, because as I mentioned, it kind of takes you out of the, the story a little bit when you keep thinking, oh, okay, so-and-so going to die? Just Maybe just not, don't think about that. Just watch it and enjoy it for what it is, basically. But to be fair, even me, like, going into it, I only saw the first trailer. Like, my wife and I, we only saw, like, the first one. And maybe we catch, like, you know, something in the trailers when we watch another movie. But even i mean throughout the whole movie i mean they really do play it like that like right sean like did you yeah. not think anyone else was gonna die I, no one ended up dying but i thought like four different people were gonna die at four different points and i'm like oh my god this is really how it's gonna go wow they're really gonna hit us hard right now and yeah dude. Died. yeah dude, it's just that's why it was a roller coaster of emotion it was like yeah. i left the movie pensive because it was like sad, it was emotional, then you're kind of on edge, like who's going to die? And then you had all this comedy in between, you know? So it's like, I don't I don't normally watch uh, the same movie twice, especially in movie theaters. I wait for a while. But mm-hmm. this is more where I feel like I need to watch it because I still feel like I need to, like, there's more to, like, grasp. That, I mean, that's yeah. just, I think, how good it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then going on with you're talking about, Sean, about like the emotional like uh, uh, toll of the story. I mean, we, we got to find fear, see Rocket's origin, which is very tragic. I mean, you just feel like heart wrench when you uh, you meet him and his friends and then his friends all die, get murdered in front of him, which has got to be just heartbreaking. Uh, but yeah. I mean, Rocket still has his comedic moments, too. In fact, uh, one thing that I thought was kind of funny was that uh, throughout the whole series and other Marvel movies, everyone was just kind of like uh, making jokes about what type of animal he really yeah. is, which is so funny. Like he's been called like a triangle face monkey, a trash panda, Thor called him a rabbit. But it was yeah. nice to finally get the closure that, yes, he is, in fact, a raccoon from planet Earth, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Nobody is like me except me or something like that. Yeah. That's what he said, <laughs> the first one, yeah. something like that. Yeah. What do you feel about the villain, guys? Like, for me, I really loved this actor. I, I apologize on the name. I let's see what, what was the name. Um, gosh, what was the villain's name for for this movie? You know what? He has an unusual name. I, I'm not too familiar with his work, but he was fantastic. Woody, it was really good. Yeah, there a you go. high evolutionary. Yeah. Oh my goodness. For me, I thought for a personal story, a personal villain. You know, this is not about destroying the universe again. This is very much just the, the what was in the high evolutionary, like, like I, I, everything's imperfect, and Rocket somehow, some way, created life, the perfect life that I've been trying to create this whole time, and he is just another mishap. How is he outdoing me? I mean, that that is at his base core, but they made it so complex. I mean even until the very end, like, he sold it for me. Like, he really, his anger, his rage, his lack of empathy towards, like, anything beneath him because he's considered a god to everything he's created. Like, it's just so crazy how, like, detached someone can be emotionally where you just look at everything as an object, as just another number. And I thought he sold it. Like, I really hated him. Mm -hmm. So props on the on the actor for making me hate the guy like the whole movie like i thought he was a jerk you know oh yeah but it was, i mean it was great for me to watch that i, I thought it was high-end acting oh absolutely totally agree i think he he knocked that out of the park one of the the best villains in the marvel universe uh we'll have to see what happens with him i mean i keep hearing wild rumors about like what marvel may have to do for jonathan majors who play Kang, if, if he's uh-huh. going to be allowed to continue on with the role with his uh, personal issues he's having to deal with. they mm-hmm. There's a wild rumor going around that the high evolutionary might turn out to be a variant of Kang and that that actor might actually take over in the event that they have to. I don't know. It's just kind of wild speculation at this point, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to see what they do with the character moving forward. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, the other point I wanted to bring up, uh, it was really cool. I don't know if you guys heard about this, that 
we finally get to hear Groot say the words, I love you guys. And I don't know if you heard that. I guess James Gunn had confirmed on Twitter. That is because we, the audience, has finally grown with the characters that we can now understand the Groot language. So that's why we heard it that way, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a clever way. I That makes sense. Definitely. Like, that's a nice little tidbit. Never caught that, like, in the movie I was growing with them. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah, we grow with him enough to start understanding Groot or the language of group, whatever, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. but but it does bring up an interesting point because apparently Thor understands the Groot language. So he, yes. he may have spent time with a, a member of Groot species, uh, not maybe with that group particular, but I mean, with another group, and maybe he was able to learn the language. So no, that's just another thing a, to think about. He said in, a, uh, in, a, in no, in a, not in game, uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity War, yeah. that he, it's an extracurricular class. Because uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's on the ship, and then Rocky goes like, "You, you know, Groove." He's like, "Yeah, we take it as ex- uh, as a like a tertiary class, like when they're in high school or something." So he made it seem like, "Yeah, you don't know Groove like I do. Like it's a it's a random class, mm-hmm. like Spanish, I guess." <laughs> for, yeah. for, for, right, as Guardians. Yeah. Uh, one one the uh, one thing guy that speaking of languages, um, Cosmo. Was my one of my absolute oh, favorites? Yeah. <laughs> Cosmo. I learned that Cosmo. Um, they made Cosmo a female because, like, uh, it was like a uh, like a nod to the first dog in space that Russia sent up, which was a female dog. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So Cosmo, and then Howard the Duck. I mean, talking about one of my childhood uh, yeah, heroes. Yeah, cameo in there. <laughs> yeah. Say she's a good dog. So yeah. we can move on from this. I know it's really she's cool. a bad dog. <laughs> you know, and it's cool because if you ever go onto the the Guardians ride uh at uh Disney California, you do see Cosmo in the collector's collection. Yeah, there. yeah. In oh, the yeah. collector's collection, yeah. And um, yeah, dude, so it's it was really cool. I really liked uh, Cosmo. I like her the role more uh, at the end. Oh yeah, man, freaking Cosmo was that was my our personal new favorite, obviously because we own two Labradors. So uh-huh. anything with that dog was just like you know puppy eyes for us. And the moment we heard "You're a bad dog," we see the expression on the dog like <laughs> you don't mean that. You don't mean that. Like out of all the disses that dog could probably get. It's the you're a bad dog that hurt it the most. <laughs> so that one was like a personal hit, like, oh no. But uh, oh, yeah. it, great, great addition for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh going back to what Sean was talking about, like the the or was it you, Eddie, who mentioned like the cameo appearances? It was cool that we got to see Sylvester Stallone return. Uh we got to see uh Yandu. So Michael Roker returned to play Yandu in a vision yeah. for for Kraglin. That was pretty cool. And then also the we got to see the return of the the uh, antiques dealer from Xandar that uh, that was that Star Lord was about to sell the 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 orb to. Oh yeah! You know what's kind of interesting? I only bring it up because I was doing just a little bit of random research about it. That uh, alien is played by the uh, a British actor named Christopher Fairbank. Well, you may not necessarily recognize the name, but he's done lots of roles. Like he was in Andor. Like he was one of the prisoners with Andor and with. uh, uh, Andy Serkis uh, helping to build parts for the Death Star and then also he's in the very first oh, sure. Batman movie so he's the one who Batman hangs over the roof saying I'm not going to kill you I want you to tell your friends about me and then he no goes, way he's the robber you? yeah he's the robber from that from and that Batman that cries right yeah yeah like, oh, my, no way dude <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a British actor named a Christopher Fairbank and he's Albert, very random man. Yeah, so so it's pretty cool that he's part of one of the most iconic scenes in all of cinema. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, what a deep cut! I'm uh, you just blew my head right now. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Google this, uh, Christopher Fairbanks, the name of the British actor. He's like in his like mid to late sixties now, I think. So older guy, but it's kind of cool that he was able to play that role around, and then appear again in yeah. Guardians Three. Oh my gosh, I now think I like appreciate like those characters more and knowing what you just told me. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and then one more thing from Guardians that I wanted to bring up: uh, the soundtrack I thought was fantastic. Uh, I I love the the fight sequence when they're playing uh, the Beastie Boys, "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." Yeah, just how the, the whole team just like teams up together. It's just really fun and really awesome to see that. 
Uh, and then the music selection was great. I mean, true, it wasn't like the pics of Star Lord's mom, but I think the music fit this movie really well too. I mean, the way it ended. I mean, yeah. it ended with the the OG what got us into loving the Guardians with that first trailer, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to like ended on that. No, it was solid try. OSC every Guardians OSC has been so fun to listen to. This is definitely no exception. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So overall, I mean, I was I was very very happy with the movie we got. Uh, I am a bit of a homer when it comes to Marvel stuff, so sometimes I'll be like, "No, this is actually pretty good. Give it a chance. Give it a chance." But admittedly, yeah, a lot of the Phase Four stuff has hasn't been quite up to par. But I mean, for me, I would say uh, Spider Man No Way Home, uh, Wakanda Forever, and then this one, uh, Guardians Three. I think has been up to the standards what they've done before. I would agree. I would say uh, of the big hitters um, that that are considered phase four those um those have been like my favorite ones mm-hmm. uh is shang chi part of it too so shang chi uh, yeah shang chi was good oh, too. no no that was four right no this is that was four that was four. Oh, you know yeah. i i made a mistake technically quantum mania and now guardians three i guess are considered to be phase five, five right yeah. Yeah, yeah so so you only have it, i mean granted you have one of two so yeah hey 50 percent yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question. Uh, with all the uh, solo movies, has there ever been a fourth installment? Uh, for Thor. Yeah, for yeah, for Thor. Thor? Ragnarok? Uh, no, Love, and, Love Thunder. and Thunder is the fourth one, and that one's the kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, 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 heard, I heard something uh, yesterday that they're not going to do a fourth installment for Guardians, or uh, I don't think they'll ever do more than three installments for a solo movie anymore. Oh, I think he's referring to Bob Iger. Yeah. Uh, what he was saying is um, basically at an investor's uh, event for Disney, this was like a month ago, basically Bob Iger said, uh, in essence, uh, that, you know, it's why should we, yeah, to what Sean said, like, why are we investing too much into just trilogies of characters? Uh, do, we don't really need to do that. What we should be doing is just putting quality into one or two movies max and then move on to the next one. I think it, I think that's just him speaking to the reactions of what's been happening in phase four. I mean, uh, whether we love it or not, whatever camp you're in, or you're kind of like whatever about phase four Marvel, like post end game, it, it, you know, it's overall, it, uh, I think it's almost a universal feel. It's the lights been dimmed in terms of, you know, how bright the room was for Marvel. So I think he's probably speaking to that. We don't need all these shows. They did cancel some shows, or not cancel shows, but uh, hold off on some production of shows to just kind of quality control it instead of dilute it to quantity. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob Iger was speaking to that level. Like, maybe we don't need all these chapter four, chapter five, like volume four, volume five. Maybe we need to go one, two, one to the next. One, two, introduce in that first or second one, like Black Panther, right? We got him in Civil War introduction there, nice introduction. Then we get him his own movie, and then he jumps into Avengers right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he only had that one movie, but yet he's part of like four movies total. But it feels like he's been part of the the greater universe already, and you know him already. So I think that's what he's going to try and do. Uh, granted, now that he's a head honcho, so that's I, what I believe Sean's talking. It will be interesting to see what they do again. Yeah, with Guardians, as you as you mentioned, Sean, like uh, a lot of the the cast members. I mean, they were firmly with uh, James Gunn. That so much so that when he was initially fired, I mean, there are some people like you know Dave Bautista who was like threatening to quit, even though I think he was under contract, so he couldn't. And then I've even heard like kind of wild rumors and speculations that certain people have like, expressed interest in in jumping ship to do be part of uh, James Gunn's uh, DC universe now, like potentially. Uh, Karen Gillan to play uh, Poison Ivy, which would be kind of cool, I think. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens now. But I mean, it, it is going to feel a little like, uh, dis- I don't say disappointed, but just kind of like uh, sad that he's gone. Yeah, because I think James Gunn did a fantastic job with that trilogy. And uh, I think he was kind of like one of the driving forces initially with the stuff they were doing leading up to Endgame. Which is yeah. uh, that we may may explain that's why maybe there was yeah. better fan reception to the Marvel Universe uh, pre M game versus post M game. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah no he was an executive producer for the the last two Avenger movies and um, anything that had to do with Guardians um, mm-hmm. uh, 
I mean, he was always, even if he wasn't the one writing, directing, he was there on, on in the studios helping out. So yeah. his presence will be felt in terms of uh, him being not around. But I mean, we did get the 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 tag at the end that Sean had mentioned for the the end credit scene that uh, Star Lord's returning. In what capacity? We'll see. I mean, yeah. we see Peter Quill back on Earth, so they could be more an Earth based story if if they decide they want to use them and plug them into somewhere. We probably won't maybe see him until the next Avengers team up. But I think there'll be an Avengers movie, right? Like yeah. that that team is a pretty badass team. Mm-hmm. Like it's if anything on paper they're stronger than the the the. The original rendition we got. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I mean Cosmo and uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Adam Warlock alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like take care of things themselves. So mm-hmm. I hope they do one more. I hope so too. Even if James Gunn's not involved, I think there's yeah. some really good comedic uh, writers and directors who could probably do the Guardians justice. So I mean, I, I'm giving lots of praise to James Gunn, but there's quite a few people in Hollywood that I think could actually not take the one man show. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully keeps going. Uh, anything else with Guardians that either of you wanted to bring up? No, I, for me, I, I'm good. I, I, I just know, I think we covered a lot of the, the things that I feel heartfelt about. I think we all enjoyed, you know, what it was. Uh, I thought Adam Warlock would have had a little more, um, you know, a little more uh, presence in the movie, but, you know, I, I'm not disappointed with what I got out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. think it was just, me creating that buildup in my head of, you know, who he is from the comics and like, oh, okay. You know, but what they use him for, where I'm sure he's headed in terms of the Marvel Universe, I'm sure, I know he'll be back. There's no way you get that actor to not use him again. So uh, I'm just looking forward to where it leads us off. It's it's like the end of one chapter, but definitely start of another for sure for the audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. So I guess if we're ready to, to move ahead, let's go ahead and do some uh, Star Wars talk for, for Star Wars month on the podcast. So, uh, I, I mean, just in general, I mean, we can talk about so many aspects when it comes to Star Wars. But what I wanted to hear specifically was, Sean, if you could share your experience, what was it actually like for that Star Wars event that you attended at Disneyland? Yo, that thing was super fun. Oh, wait, am I on mute? No, you're, no we can not. hear you. You're okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was... Some of the uh, Star Wars uh, After Dark events this year have, from what I've heard from people, have been a little um, underwhelming because you, you do have to wait in line to meet characters. But, um, you know, I waited an hour and a half so I could meet uh, the Ewoks, you know? <laughs> oh, very cool. But, but the, I think the Ewoks were probably one of the most popular ones, and then uh, Papal Team. No, it was really fun. It was one of those things. Um, like if you go to Galaxy's Edge, you may you 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 might run into R two D two or uh, Mandalorian, but uh, they had all the characters out. Um, my fit one of the coolest things they did was um, in Tomorrowland. They had like a little stage area, and then they had um, Darth Vader and Darth Maul on the stage and you would just walk by and then they would like interact with you and take like selfies. Uh, Darth Vader, I have a picture of him pretending to do the, you know, the force choke and Darth Maul would do his things with like saber and pose for pictures. And nice. you just slowly walk through. And then when you come out, there's like a Palpatine up on a balcony. And then, you know, he just came out of nowhere. So people were like freaking out. They're excited for him. Um, the photo, the photo op opportunities are great. Cause you can take photo ops with, um, not only the characters, but they had like Jabba the Hutt's like throne and a bunch of other stuff like that. Oh. And then the food, they had like really good food. They had um like a Princess Leia ice cream with like cinnamon buns. Um yeah, I it's definitely an experience. It's definitely fun if you're really into the culture. I think the cool part about it is like the people who cosplay, because sometimes those outfits are the are the best. Um, I'm a big fan of Ahsoka, and I saw a couple of girls to do Ahsoka very well. Uh, Bo-Katan, um, you know, I I think there was a Darth Maul walking around. I get a chance to see him. There was also even two guys dressed up as like the um, the Stormtrooper equivalent to a uh, spaceball in Spaceballs. The dudes oh. with the big white helmets. Nice. You know, so they're really popular. 
But yeah, if you want some like different eats and when you want to meet characters and be among people who are like all like big fans, I really recommend that. Um, they like no one really went on rides uh, because everyone wanted to go get the photo opportunities and they wanted to see the fireworks show is the best because they, they do it to um, the Star Wars music. My favorite oh, really? is when, yeah, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you the videos. Um, yeah, but the fireworks. Oh, you know, Eddie, check our group chat. I think I it's in there. Um, okay. They, my favorite is when they do it to the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace score when they're fighting Darth Maul really is my score. absolute. It's my absolute favorite. Awesome, man. So all in all, I, it's a, a ten out of ten. It's pricey. I think it was like one fifty for like four hours. You know, I mean that's pretty much the price of uh going to both parks, anyways, right? <laughs> right. Uh well, going to both parks right now is like over two hundred dollars. Oh, okay, yeah. But, without the pass, uh, yeah. yeah, without the pass. However, you do get to the park, like you can't deal with you into the park a few hours earlier. Mm-hmm. But if you're a big Star Wars fan, um, this is a must. And don't and I encourage you to dress up. I want to dress up next year. Oh, awesome, man. We gotta awesome. go together. We have to. Oh yeah, that would be definitely. awesome. If we all can, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, get, and you could bring your baby Ewoks. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, You'll have for, these, for these events, the my wife and I have talked about it. We think we would want to go without the kids because what we understand and, and heard is that they do these for lots of things, not just Star Wars. Like uh, there's a Marvel event. They even do like uh, the I think the Pixar night. Like so many cool like events like this. So if you just look it up online, you can buy the tickets to go. Right. Yeah, yeah, I bought mine in, I think it was February. Now, since I am a Magic Key holder, yeah. I do um, get a two-day pre-sale. However, the the night of the four, May 4th, that sold out immediately. Oh, okay. So yeah. I went the first night on May 2nd, which is just as great. But it's Star Wars month, so um, they have a bunch of new merch. Uh, they have a bunch of dope, like, 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi merch out right now. And yeah, definitely go. The next big thing is next month they're gonna start selling tickets for Oogie Boogie Halloween. Oh, that'd be After pretty fun. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh what I wanted to ask. Oh, what, what what's yeah. that? Any? This was uh during life day right here. Oh, this cool. is the orb of the Wookiees. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so nice, nice mug, nice mug, you know, get the, your favorite blue milk in here. Little yeah, <laughs> promo of Star Wars. There you go. Very cool, man. So, so yeah, sticking with, with Star Wars, I wanted to go ahead and ask both of you. So uh, earlier this month, I got to have Nick and then my brother and another friend of ours talk about Mandalorian season three. So as far as like, you know, recent Star Wars shows and things like that, I wanted to get your takes, both of you. What did you think of uh, season three of uh, The Mandalorian, assuming that you, you're caught up on it? Um, I guess it was I, I wish so much of it wasn't about telling the the backstory and setting up Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians. I felt a lot of stuff was missing the, but I am excited for season four because that's going to be nothing but adventures for Grogu and the Mandalorian. Yeah, it and looks Mando. like we, we kind of talked about that, that it looks like uh, uh, Thrawn is going to be like the, the Thanos level threat where you're going to add in like, you know, all the characters are going to eventually probably converse together. So Ahsoka uh uh mando uh probably boba fett as well and then the other characters they've introduced to match in with this uh movie that they've announced at star wars celebration that uh they feel only supposed to be directing which i think is gonna be pretty cool yeah uh, eddie did you have thoughts on uh mandalorian season three yeah um i mean i it's like it was up and down roller coaster i i, I really liked all the goods about it in terms of like the, you know, obviously the self-inclusion of Mandalore and we finally get to see it, uh, seeing the remnants of it. I mean, you harken back to Clone Wars and some in Rebels. It's like, wow, it's very tangible. It's, it looks so real. I know it's fake, obviously, but like, it's so real to finally like, be there and to see it in like live action. It, it felt nice to see it all. And I just felt it took too long to get there. Like, I, 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 I where, by the time they get to Mandalore, it, actual Mandalore because this was like the big promo of it I wish they those eight episodes that we got we're on Mandalore full on the way we were in the last few episodes maybe by episode three you know just uh you know that and uh 
I don't know. I guess like the whole um, IG unit bit, I was indifferent about that um, because it, it, he he was so hell bent on he needed IG to travel Mandalore, and mm -hmm. the moment you know R five shows up, they're like, oh yeah, well this works. It's like, wait, what, what, what was so important about IG then? There was nothing important about it. So I think little moments like that made me kind of feel like, dang it, like there's so much here that I really did like uh, in terms of like the interactions. I, I love the details when they finally got to talk. Like there was a moment where uh, Mando and uh, Bo-Katan, they talk uh, on Mandalore and it, it felt detailed, like, oh, they don't follow me and stuff like that. And, and then he says why he follows her. And I, man, that felt like for a second, like a little GOT, a little Game of Thrones, like give me more of that. Like, yeah. I want to know <laughs> more about that like the what like the gardens uh under in the cave like i want to know that like it's talk give me like two more minutes of it you don't have to you know we're not asking for 10 minutes at a time but just the little details like that i, I wish there was more of that i wish the, the, the these half hour bits were 45 plus um especially with this show being so popular i, I think season one was maybe pilot season you can get away with half hours but now we're at a point where people we trust this brand. Let's get that longer length because they feel short, don't they? Like by the time I feel like, have you felt any of these episodes where it was like you're you're about to get in it mentally? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm really locked in, and then da da da, and then the <laughs> freaking I'm like, oh my god, come on, man. Yeah, like, you know, you know, like <sighs> come on, like we just sat down twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Dude, and, and that's I I I think it was right. the third or fourth episode that was like fifty one minutes. Yeah, and I was like, oh, dude, and though. I was like, oh, I was like, this means the finale is probably gonna be like sixty five, you know? And I was like, one of the shortest episodes, and you know, like ten <laughs> minutes of trailer is that? Yeah, dude, it was that's it was what, gnarly. That's what my wife and I said. We like Anna and I, we were like the yeah the third episode, yeah, when they're on Coruscant set up the whole espionage and the ins and outs which is great i like the content but just like in boba fett some of the better writing episodes had nothing to do with the greater story mm -hmm. like at least i i'm sure it'll pay off later right like at boba fett's uh to non -Boba, the mandalorian season 2.5 uh those two episodes mm -hmm. i wish they just put those episodes in the mandalorian season three because if you didn't watch Boba Fett, you left off emotionally with Luke Skywalker leaving with Grogu. Mm -hmm. and you tuned back into, oh, Mandalorian, tuned back in. Wait, Grogu's back? From what? What did he do? And I think it's a disservice to the people that genuinely don't follow all the content. I, I think a great story doesn't need a prequel or a sequel. Uh, you should look at like Guardians of the Galaxy, I know we're just talking about Volume 1, 2, and 3. Take out any of those. They are their own story. They do not have to serve anymore else for the MCU or between each other. They're their own story. And that's a good writing movie. And that's a good writing, that's a good movie. Just like Andor, every episode, oh my gosh, to me was just a detailed, like whether you're a fan of the non-explosions uh, in some episodes, the details was just so on point. Mando... I think they did a little, a uh, little bit of that in that one. But overall, I, I don't think it was the strongest season. I think season, to me, season one was, I mean, Chef's Kiss. Mm -hmm. um, uh, season two was the uh, the cameo season, and yeah. <laughs> season three. I, I I do like season three though. I I, I like the overall feel of it. Um, I know it's not like I said more negative than good, but honestly, it I I really did feel like I was back, and I'm looking forward to. Yeah, what Thrawn's up to, and you know, Ahsoka's in a couple months ish. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, Mando was it was it was a nice solid season for sure. Oh, absolutely. good. Uh, are they doing a book and ten series? I, I haven't heard, but that that probably be a good angle to do. I mean, uh, to continue to flesh out the overall story arc that they want to tell. Uh, and I think she's popular enough that she could absolutely carry a, a show on her own. Yeah, because I mean, I I love the mythosaur, mm -hmm. like when uh when she saw like saving Mando, I was like, what? No way! Like, and I want to see what happens, and I want to see you know a lot of the fans think 
Grogu is the next great uh, Jedi Mandalorian, and they want to see him control the Mandalor like he controlled um, the Rancor. The, the Rancor, mm-hmm. you know. So we'll see. But I, um, I'm like Mandalor started. Mandalorian started, but I was kind of like put half uh, like out the door halfway because I, as soon as Mandalorian uh, ended. It's only a couple months till Ahsoka, and I am crazy excited, excited for Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Nick with uh with Ahsoka season one coming out. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the most other uh, most freaking collaborator of the show, Nick Turner. Uh, we're looking <laughs> oh, forward yeah, to Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mean, season three it had some flaws with it. I I didn't really like the episode too much with uh. Uh, Jack Black and, and Lizzo and uh, Christopher Lloyd, even though I, you know, it's kind of cool to see familiar faces, but right. Okay. Yeah. You're on the same yeah. page as me. Yep. Yeah. But uh, so, so there were some, some downsides to season three, but season three, I thought was overall really entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite up to par with one, one and two, but still really worth the effort. And it was yeah. you know, a blast watching it. So it just felt nice to be back following them again. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think that's where I leave off is that, uh, it feels good to be there with them. At some point, we got to see some advancements with the characters, though, because mm-hmm. we can't just follow them, seeing them walk for 20 minutes every episode. You know, like, at some point, we got to start seeing some complexities outside of... I thought he was going to show his uh, take off his mask like, a little more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess he, it, it felt like he almost reverted back. Did you guys get that at all? Well, yeah, I, I think heard- so. I've heard some behind the scenes drama with Pedro Pascal that he wants to he wants to take his mask off because he's not he's not doing any scenes. He's just doing voiceover at this point. You he know? does do he actually does wear the suit uh, for the stand like like the one on one talks. And, like, oh, yeah, that's actually him talking to Ahsoka or Ahsoka. I'm sure with the Soka too. Yeah. With the yeah, with like, the, yeah, Bo-Katan and stuff like that, but not the actual action scenes. Those are uh, he's definitely not those. He's yeah, holding no. a pillow pretending that's a Grogu in a studio mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I, I heard that he wants more um like FaceTime. And I think that would I think we want that, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. In the season three. Or yeah, four. Four. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, anything else related to Star Wars you guys wanted to bring up or discuss? Um, for Star Wars. Well, uh, we got. Uh, did you guys see Star Wars Visions? I haven't seen Visions yet. No, no. I would say if you saw season one, um, I won't get too much into it because obviously, uh, definitely a very strong follow up from the first one. Like if you were kind of like. Uh, whatever's ifs, ifs and buts about the first one this second season to me is like this is quality animation allowing you to play in the sandbox if we all can just play in the sandbox and create a story the stories in this season were very adult i was surprisingly uh, especially episode two man episode two was like the darkest animation of star wars i've seen of any content since Disney has taken over. And I was surprised Disney even allowed it for, to go down the way it did. So uh, definitely uh, a strong recommendation to you guys. If you guys okay. appreciate this art and animation, definitely check out Star Wars Vision. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, give that a watch. Very nice, very nice. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to some sports talk because I'm really, really excited that we get to you know, ch- talk about uh, the Lakers and, of course, this really big uh, announcement with uh, the United States men's national team for soccer. Yes. So Lakers first. I mean, it's kind of interesting and crazy to think back to the beginning of the season, starting uh, uh, two and ten. Uh, they, they still had Russell Westbrook on the team. I mean, things seemed like they were just falling apart. But then right at the deadline, they were able to uh, make the moves that would uh, propel them to doing as well as they are now in the playoffs. Yeah. So what have you thought so far of the season? I mean, have you been paying attention all season long or is it just kind of jumping in as uh, as they've been better? For me personally, it's been kind of just jumping in after the trade deadline. But um, Sean, I don't know if you want to start off on this before I go on a Lakers. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, <laughs> handle this one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been, um, I, I will say in terms of just 
NBA was it was always in and out the last uh, like maybe five six seasons. Yeah, uh, just because of the rules changing. Uh, I know they want faster flow. It's kind of like football when it comes to like the quarterback. You can't really follow the quarterback too much. Just allow scoring to go higher, things like that. So that's kind of the premise of where I was kind of like, man, especially the Lakers, how they've been. And, you know, even though we won in the bubble, yeah, it's child the Dodgers winning the bubble too. Uh, the thing is, is that when um, the, the between seasons between 2020 and now, it's been tough to say the least mm-hmm. to watch the Lakers, <laughs> but this past summer with the trades that they initially had as awkward on paper as it looked, I really thought Westbrook would turn the page and, and coaching and, and uh, the, the flexibility in the locker room would somehow mesh because LeBron's there. I mean, lo- we look at LeBron often, if anything, as like, this is our modern day uh, Magic Johnson, you know, like he's a guy that is big, that could play the four, but could be point guard, very intelligent, high IQ. And it just wasn't working all season and injuries were just rampant. It was just like, here we go. Another, another uh, crazy, you know, season and it's going to end nowhere. And then trade deadline hover, when you finally checked in, it was like all of a sudden a whole new team. Like Palenka just, I've never seen a GM since probably the, the Gasol steal of the year when we got Paul Gasol. Mm-hmm. Where a GM has pulled off this many trades mid-season, and you see the immediate effect it has on a team, where you go from like we were like twelve or eleven, yeah, out, we out were, of the playoffs, yeah. And look at us; we're in the uh, conference finals, last four remaining. That's insane to me. Like we, I have never seen that since I've been watching uh, basketball. I've never seen a team mid-season just click everyone fits the where they should fit and there's some redeemable characters like D'Lo this is his second stint with the Lakers and he's more mature he's he's not like you know a ruckus in the locker room and he's killing it mm-hmm. even though last game you know kind of wasn't yeah. <laughs> but you know just the overall feel has been such a positivity it's great to be a Laker fan right now um, what I mean knock on wood we we advance but regardless the achievement of being to this Point in May, and not grumbling about the the draft. And we're actually talking about playoffs for once. Feels good. Oh, absolutely, man! Like you know, it, it's been uh, great to see the role players do their their thing. You know, first that you know LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis both be healthy. Uh, you know, despite the loss yesterday, both of them re- registered uh, double doubles. In fact, LeBron was just one assist away from getting a triple double. So, I mean, they're they're battling, they're fighting. I mean, they were down by as many as 20, and then they still almost won the game last night, which is really crazy. We got within three with the go-ahead of tie. It It was crazy. And they're doing this as the seventh seed, which is kind of exciting and cool to see that. And then, you know, on the east side of things, I just saw on the notes online that uh, Miami beat uh, Boston tonight as the AC in the East. So it's kind of been interesting to see that. Yes. I mean, the teams that maybe were struggling initially are clicking right at the right time. And it's making it exciting to watch because you don't know who's going to win. I mean, theoretically people would have said, Hey, I mean, the Warriors should have beaten the Lakers last series and they didn't. So it is kind yeah. of a uh, exciting. I think it's brought a little more excitement back to the game. It really is. I mean, Jimmy buckets uh, from Miami, for example, like, I've never seen a team. I know LeBron has literally dragged players that don't belong in the NBA Finals with the Cavs, early renditions of the Cavaliers. I don't know how he got there with Eric Snow and all these random people that just would never be in the Finals. But he was there. But I've never seen a team depend on 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 an all-star, not even a superstar. Like Jimmy Butler has carried Miami, and I'm glad with the upset because I do not want Boston to have more titles than the Lakers. Yeah. I am uh, (laughs) a... I'm a low-key Miami fan for right now. Mm-hmm. I root for them <laughs> on the off nights that the Lakers aren't making me uh, yell at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, and then it's been nice just to see just players. I mean, they, they just took a chance on uh, Austin Reeves, and he's been just been like out tar- tar- uh, tearing it up. Man. So it's been really cool. Yeah. What a story. Like, he's been great. Uh, Hachimura has been fantastic for us. And I honestly think um, when it – for those who uh, saw the fourth quarter, Hachimura started guarding uh, the Joker, Djokovic, mm-hmm. and he actually did really good against him. That's how we even caught up. Mm-hmm. So I think he's probably going to start next game. And um, 
I think it's going to be a good series. I, I really do feel I had the Lakers in six. Losing doesn't do anything. We expect Denver to do well at home. They mm-hmm. should be winning at home. So us losing is expected-ish, but us winning, taking one home to be to steal one, um, that's what we hope. So I hope uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, we, we we go up on all cylinders and just steal one. I think it. I think for for Djokovic to have a record career night, and we still could have beat them, and we were playing one of our worst games, and yet we almost still won the game tells you that, oh, okay, if this is our worst game and that's his best game he's ever had in his career and mm-hmm. we still almost won, I think take that attitude, going into game two and capitalize for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. So it is cool to see that we, whatever happens with the team, I mean, like you said, we're talking uh, playoffs. We're not talking about like, you know, uh, the draft. Yeah. So it, it is pretty cool that when next season starts, I mean, they ideally should be able to finish higher. I mean, I, I would say the Lakers should be competing for a top four seed in the West every I season. I but, think they're a top four, top five. Yeah. Just with this core, if they keep this core, Reeves, DeAndre Russell, we resign him, and then maybe like a couple others, just resign them. We can give up the rest, and then, you know, you always rebuild. But mm-hmm. like, if you keep like the main core, like five players, I honestly think that uh, LeBron's last couple of years will actually be very productive years. Like, I think we can talk about title contention. Mm-hmm. There we go, man. Uh, anything else with Lakers that you guys wanted to bring up? No, just go Lakers tomorrow, man. Go, go Lakers. <laughs> uh, very cool, man. I mean, again, even dropping game one, and that, I guess statistically it's showing that whoever wins game one has the higher advantage of winning. I mean, just how crazy the season's been, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Lakers could still do it in six. But we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be see, a fun we'll series see. regardless. Yeah. Definitely a fun, fun series for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap it up, let's go ahead and do some uh, soccer talk. I want to talk about this, uh, this young kid who, to be honest, I didn't really even know who he was before the news broke that uh, Falarian uh, Balagan had committed to play for the United States men's national team. Yeah. His story is very interesting that he was born in New York to Nigerian parents, but yes. was born, I mean, was raised in London. So theoretically, he could have chosen between the three countries, England, yes. Nigeria or the U.S., so were you familiar, with Eddie, with this player before all the news broke this week? Yeah, uh, he actually, I, if, if I'm getting this right, he was actually shunned off by the Nigerian national team because uh, he actually wanted to play for Nigeria, if I'm correct. And they just shunned him off. Like, like yeah, you're not good enough. You know, because in, uh, unfortunately, like many countries, uh, Ni- Nigeria is no exception when it comes to the, at least their federation, the football federation. It's all politics. It's about who you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on the right side of that coin, unfortunately, the best players aren't always on the on the best teams. So he's just one of those uh, prospects that should have been in the Nigerian national team. And Nigeria probably could have been in the World Cup um, this past time because they didn't miss it by much. So, mm-hmm. you know, so then there's that. And then obviously that he can play for England and the United States. And I, I heard about him probably about seven months ago. And I thought, okay, well, I know uh, the business of late for most countries is get those uh, get those who are uh, citizens of our country but have never lived in our country to be represented in our country type of players. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that a lot. But, <laughs> but at the same time, to be fair, we've never done it before. So Mexico has begun a lot of our uh, Mexican-American players. Um, even Europeans have been getting a lot of our players that, that were born in the U.S., that played in Europe and stayed in Europe because of the opportunities and the lack of coaching investment we had here. But now things have changed with MLS. Thankfully, MLS has invested a lot in the monies where it's starting to be. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, our development is better. And I think he just saw enough of that to say, like, I'm going to have a big part on this new team going forward. We've showed promise the last two World Cups. Our core is still very young we were still one of the youngest average teams in the world cup. i think we're second or third youngest this last world cup average age of like 23 yeah 24. i think that's right so fast forward to three and a half years from now um because it's not a fully three or four years it's only three and a half because of the whole winter thing mm-hmm. um everyone's only going to be 27 to 28 maybe 29 no one's going to be 30 years old unless like you're a goalkeeper and you know you're solid or something but other than that 
we have a solid eight years of a core team where the influx of new characters like him, it's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. He's going to bring so much depth to our midfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I guess uh, he's very versatile too. So I mean, he can play up top. I mean, the United yeah, yeah. States he's a really good number nine. Uh, he's been tearing it up on the uh, the French team. Uh, Re race, Rings? race. Yeah, I, 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 I don't Sorry, speak French. French I don't know listeners, how to... <laughs> we, you know, typical SoCal guys here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess he he you know developed with the Arsenal youth system. Uh, had actually played uh, some uh, some games with I guess the the U U twenties uh, English team. Yeah, he was on U21s. U21s, rather, yeah. Yeah, so that's where we got lucky because he wasn't officially on the, the senior team yet. Um, mm -hmm. Because you got to obviously walk on the field to be considered, you know, you get your first cap, which means now you're locked. Um, yeah. yeah. He hasn't got well, I think you can change allegiances once, right? Even if you've played a senior team game at least once. I, I'm not sure exactly how the FIFA rules work. Maybe, I just remember hearing maybe. that. I'm sure, maybe, I'm sure there's probably like a... If you maybe didn't after you played maybe a certain certain amount of minutes or something like that, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. But it just makes it simpler and easier to hey, yeah. I mean, you haven't yeah. actually played a, a senior team game with England, you know, US, why don't you come play with us? And yeah. it makes it nice and simple with FIFA not really getting involved. Like in fact, they gave their approval. So yeah. I'm surprised we got him without a head coach yet. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I'm like, oh, he must really believe on the US potential then, because yeah. then he's he's believing in the players obviously more than the leadership because of the whole fiasco the U.S. Federation has had in the last <laughs> five months since the World Cup. It's, yeah. it's really embarrassing. So he that means he really believes the program, regardless of who coaches. Um, but I really do hope now the coach that we get, or that might mean we're getting a coach soon, right? Because I think so, because they have the, the CONCACAF uh, tournament coming up. But they're, like, they're, uh, he's eligible to play for their game against Mexico on June 15th. Yeah. So I'd imagine for a competitive game like that, we have to have a head coach in, in place. Yeah, like we that means that we're, we're very close to a head coach. There's no way a player like that comes along and we have no head coach, no um, uh, general manager I think we have uh, to kind of lead the federation. So <laughs> I, I'm sure that's all behind the scenes being filled out. and We just don't know yet publicly, but yeah, I'm really happy for him. I, I really hope... Uh, with him and Pulisic, uh, we can finally get like a really strong both ends of the field, left side, right side, just mm -hmm. attacking uh, offense and where we're not afraid to go one on one. I think that's the one thing the U.S. has always lacked is that we're afraid to go one on one. Um, Landon Donovan, I think, was probably one of the first to try and go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Clint Dempsey definitely tried to go for it. And then I, I'm half our players really try because of a lot of European based players. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we can hope, right? We could hope. Where, where's the next World Cup at? Where are we going? Oh, we're oh, going here. Oh, right here. No, yeah. yeah, bro. We're going down the street. Yeah. Technically, also Canada and Mexico, but yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, did, it's here. Did, you, did you guys know SoFi was being considered as to host a final? Well, I didn't know about the final, but for sure, I one of the cities, right? Because yeah, yeah. they're there. We got so far, I think, has a semi final. Uh, no, the finals I thought was Dallas, the Dallas uh, Cowboys Stadium. I guess, yeah, ATT Stadium is technically still the biggest, right? Uh, in uh, North America, because I can fit the most people. Yeah, I, it's for, for a closed stadium, I think it's yeah. the biggest. Okay. For a full close or something like that. And, um, I just know uh, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He's been trying to get a lot of big events to pay the bills at that stadium. Since he's got lots of bills, thing. right? <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a big ass TV there too. So, uh, you know, he's got to pay those bills. But um, yeah, I think the finals can be in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. But we, but so far, like California alone, uh, out of all of the the, the the areas, we're actually getting a lot of games here. So mm -hmm. um, okay, it'll be like 48 teams now. Yeah, yeah. So that means more games, which Wild. is yeah, more revenue. Okay, so this came out in March. SoFi has submitted a bid to host the final, but what's messing it up is that they don't have enough space. Uh, oh, maybe parking space or something. No, uh, stands. They want more people in the. Oh, stands. they want more people at the final. Not fair, because what SoFi is only sixty-five. Yeah, and Dallas is like eighty-five. I think. Like okay, minimum, I heard that was 80, a little bit of a holdup because if they add more more uh, field seats, it could take like uh, 
affect the dimensions of the field itself, and they, they have to have it at a certain dimensions in order to play. Right. Yeah, True. they should just because have it at football the... fields are way smaller. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so hopefully they get it worked out and uh, they can they can do it. I mean, we yeah, could either way, it's gonna, at, it's gonna send be a good it back time. to Pasadena, man. Just send it there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, the stadium will probably break, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's so ancient, man. They gotta yeah. fix that one. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it's definitely a very exciting time for the, the the men's national team. In fact, when I it was is, reading the really news, is. reading all about this, this kid flow, it just seemed really, really cool. Like almost to the point of like, oh, dude, like, uh, like, like you just brought up Eddie, like all of a sudden, like the Lakers signed Paul Gasol. Like, oh, it almost kind of felt the same way, even though it's completely different because it's one player uh, committing rather than like, oh, we we got a steal. We, we stole this guy from someone else. I mean, but the like, biggest standout is, yeah, I mean, look, the biggest standout is He's not a 31-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's not a 28-year-old. He's not like at the at the peak going down in his career. He's young, man. Like this mm-hmm. guy is barely what 20? 21? 21, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got this guy and I mean, given performance being what it is, and he's it's fantastic. I mean, we have him for the next three World Cups. Easy. Like, and he's only going to be by the time the next the third World Cup, 32. If he keeps his condition and injury free, I mean, knock on wood, like this guy is going to be fantastic for three World Cups. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. Yeah. We just got I, younger I, and better. I, I can't wait for him to drink Pulisic and Sargino Jest and Tim Weah. I mean, yeah. this World Cup, man, I just, I love all these young guys. I love this squad. It's an exciting time. Like, I, I there's so, uh, so many people at work when, you know, we were taking care of patients for those who know him, but. You know, between breaks, right? We're out there on the break rooms, and it was just so exciting to just see people like, I don't know these guys. Who are these guys? And then by the end of the World Cup, naming them full on because they're just, they play so well, man. Like, yes, we didn't get too far, but our expectations are high because our skill is high now, which is great. Uh, we just need a we just need a strong coach to control the ego. And I think, um, you know, really this World Cup at home, is going to be great. Uh, we play well here at home. It used to be uh, like a Mexico home uh, home game here. Now, even when like a majority of Mexican fans, when you see Mexico play USA in Arizona, Texas, California, we used to be afraid to play in those areas because it was just so pro-Mexico. It still is now, but the moment the United States plays well, all those fans start cheering for the U.S., when we score goals, they cheer very loud for the U.S. There's hardly any boos like before. So it it just shows times are changing because equality has just been going up and up and up. So I'm excited. Oh, me too. It's going to be really, really fun. Can't, can't wait for June 15th. Can't get here soon enough to see uh, OVC okay. Flo make his uh, debut for the team. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, anything else with uh, Flurian uh, Balagan or anything else? Star Wars, Lakers, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Are we good to wrap up? One question for you. Yeah. What is your most anticipated, now that Guardians is done, what is your most anticipated movie to get to see at home or in theaters this year? For the rest of the year? Uh, you know, we had this conversation before. I mean, uh, so, I mean, really quick. I, I did a previous episode with about the Super Mario Brothers movie. I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. So much fun. Yes. Very good. Uh, if I, my, my daughter loves the the Peaches song, so it's like she's really excited to actually watch the whole movie. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> I think it's the funniest awesome. thing. Um, the Flash looks fantastic. I can't wait to see The Flash. Um, yeah. the, the, probably The Flash, but then Oppenheimer looks really exciting too. We, we discussed it before. I, I like Christopher right. Nolan movies quite a bit. It's his first one outside of Warner Brothers, so we'll yeah, see how that goes. Universal, yeah, Universal. Um, so probably, probably, yeah, the Flash and Oppenheimer would probably be the two that I'm looking forward to the most. But the new Mission Impossible looks really cool too. They just launched a new trailer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel should be fun. So, so hope we'll see. Maybe Marvel Studios can keep their momentum going. But uh, yeah, I think mean, the rest of the year we got a lot of really cool uh, movies coming out. Right on. Yeah. Just cool. just to end real quick, I want to uh, change quick subject. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dodgers played in San Diego. San Diego won, and they posted a meme of Kershaw crying. And San Diego hasn't been able to beat the Dodgers since. I, I saw that. that. Yeah, like it was. They were calling it the Kershaw curse. Like they're like one in six, six, one in six, and then oh, Dodgers really? are like 
Dodgers have like have won 15 under the last 18. So um, you know, yeah. We're starting That's to look a little smart now. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting to look a little smart because even I'll admit I was kind of cringy about that trade. So oh yeah, yeah. That is yeah. a good lesson for San Diego. I mean, uh, don't count your chickens for their hatch. I mean, win something first, then then talk smack. So <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, San Diego's Ellie's backyard anyways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I say that too much? <laughs> Sorry, San Diego. Very cool. Well, Sean, Eddie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This was a great conversation. I love just talking sports and talking movies, geeking out, all the things that we love. And can't wait to have you both back on the show very, very soon. Wow, thank you for the invite. Oh, of course. Okay, so have a good night, guys. And uh, to all my listeners, thank you. You've been listening to the Cassie for Fun Podcast.